is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 455, recorded Thursday, October 17th, 2019. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for joining us and listening to the podcast. Uh, Jason, thank you for doing such a wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) And my pleasure. Good. Uh, I am still in Austin, Texas, and I feel a little bit bad uh, today and yesterday because I complained so much about the heat on our Monday night show. Uh-huh. And then since then, the temperatures dropped a bit, the humidity has disappeared, and it's been very comfortable and pleasant here. Nice. God listens to our podcast. <laughs> that's nice to hear. That is good. Yeah, that's right. All I had to do was say, you know what? It's too friggin' hot. Do something about it. <laughs> and uh, he or she did. Yeah. Nice. So that's great. Uh, anyways, um, we are here to talk about the, well, the feedback from all you fine listeners that we got for the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. And one more thing before we start, because I am not at home and I don't have my regular setup, unfortunately, I can't play any audio calls or recordings from anybody this week. So I apologize for that to everyone who sent in uh, recordings. Uh, you're not going to hear yourself. Um, so try again next week, please, please, please. But, uh, it's going to be all email today. Okay. So what we can take away from that is, uh, Chris is unreliable. I'm a little unreliable, but you know, it's (laughs) only when I'm only when I'm not at home, when I'm at home, rock solid, baby. Yeah. I I am at home, but I don't set up the, uh, the phone calls and have no way of playing those on the, on the episode. So uh, we're SOL in that department too. Yeah. I, I could I could play them, but Jason wouldn't be able to hear them, and that really makes for not so great a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I've had conversations where I can't hear the other person, so I don't, <laughs> I don't see it as a big deal. But well, you know, having a topic would be nice. Yeah, I suppose not, we could try it sometime, see how it goes for you. <laughs> yeah, see if I can uh, figure from your comments what the actual topic of the call was. That would be exciting. For you and me and nobody For, else. Yeah, that would be the really crappy podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, with all that out of the way, let us get into our listener feedback for Season 10, Episode 2. Listener feedback. Our first email here comes from James in Pittsburgh, PA. And James says, After being disappointed with the season premiere, this bottle episode has me feeling much better about the upcoming episodes. Providing backstory to Alpha and Beta, as well as a bit of insight into the Whisperer culture, was a breath of fresh air. It's nice to see strong characters beyond the leader of an opposing force on the show. The Governor and Negan seem to have flunkies surrounding them, while the Whisperers tend to work off a core of strength. That's great. That's a, that's a good way of, uh, of uh, thinking of it, James. That's, I hadn't considered that about the Whisperers. But maybe the Whisperers weren't like that until now, I guess is what James is saying. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I totally agree that the governor and Negan just had sort of flunkies surrounding them. I mean, I guess in a way, especially Negan, he just had people, he had yes men around him and stuff like that. He had his his group of like admirals or whatever you want to call them who were in charge of certain zones or regions. Name one. Um, Anybody. Dwight. Dwight was one. Uh, for Negan, yeah, okay. What about the yeah. governor? Can you name any governor lackeys? 
No, not really. There was, oh, Milton. There was Milton. Milton, yeah, the guy that sort of looked like uh, John Ritter. Sort of, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Good the uh, discount John Ritter. <laughs> Poor man's John Ritter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I can name one or two maybe for each of those characters, but, um, but I see James's point, you know. Uh, we're getting more about the surrounding characters when it comes to alpha a little bit at least at least earlier on in the sort of existence of that group of villains uh because i do think we got to know some of the governor's people and we definitely got to know some of negan's people but it happened a little bit later maybe so they're just they're just ramping it up a bit uh with the whispers which which makes me think that this is what they've been doing since angela took over just speeding up the story a little, telling the story not drawn out over, you know, where an entire season takes up two weeks of time. You know, they're they're moving things along at a faster clip, which is yeah, good. That is good. All right. Next, we have an email from Lindsay on the internet. I totally felt the strange psychological attachment that Alpha and Beta developed in the early years. Beta latching onto Alpha after seeing her way of surviving was where I really enjoyed the episode. I also liked how the show made you think about how different an apocalypse can be for various people and how trauma and tragedy affect us all differently. We all like to believe that we stay grounded and on the right path, but let's be realistic. We haven't had to grow up or grow older in an environment similar to this one. Two very unstable people that sur uh, survive something like this, the sick, twisted delusion that their way is the way and the only way. Yeah, so I, I I just like that sort of observation by Lindsay in that uh, the apocalypse would affect everyone very differently. And we're used to seeing things like how Rick does it and Michonne and, you know, Maggie and Glenn and everybody before him uh, handled it and what they had to do and so on. And then we get used to sort of the villains and stuff like that. But um it, it would affect everyone very differently. And uh, again, Alpha and Beta seem to have found some common ground in the way it's affected them. But you could also say that it's very different than how than what we've seen from plenty of the other characters. Uh, true. And, but I think this what also sets this apart is we see a little bit of what Alpha we saw a little bit what Alpha was like before the apocalypse. Right. We had that flashback episode last season where we saw her and uh uh, uh lydia in the in the uh, the basement when they were all at the, at the beginning of the apocalypse and we yep, saw right. how she was a little bit uh a little bit off and not very nice to her daughter back then so i i think that uh being able to to see that kind of growth in a bad guy like we saw that with rick and we saw that with shane because uh you know the whole thing started with them sitting in a car uh, talking to each other. So we knew what they were like before the apocalypse. None of the bad guys, we really got to see that. I think Negan, did we get a backstory in the show or was that only in... Oh, no, was, Negan, we didn't get a backstory. The governor, did we get any backstory in the show or am I thinking about the books? With the governor? No, I don't think we yeah. got any pre-apocalypse governor or Negan stuff other than just what we've learned through uh, just what's been on screen. But I don't think they actually flashed back. Right. So I think, well, we didn't actually flash, flash back to before the apocalypse, but I think we saw it right at the beginning of the apocalypse for uh, for Alpha and Lydia. Definitely early on, for sure. And, you know, the seeds of what she became were planted even then, but that was an interesting time because it was 
it was early enough that she you could still see the pre-apocalypse alpha but you could kind of feel what was coming right in that she was already um acting oddly and and not being very nice to the people around her yeah so 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 i mean this is pretty amazing when you think about it i I feel like they've done a really good job of introducing alpha telling us some story or some backstory about her and developing that character and kind of giving us all we need to see her progression from slightly off-putting pre-apocalypse person maybe you could describe her as a little bit odd or or strange to pretty well where we are now whatever you want to call that you know so um so they've done a good job with that uh even better better than with the other two sort of main villains that we've had over the 10 years i think so i think now i'm starting to see that last Mm -hmm. season i definitely didn't see it but now with this additional information and this additional storyline, even though uh, initially I was just, uh, my opinion on the episode was I just wanted to get through it. But after talking about it, uh, you know, earlier this week and thinking about it for a couple of days, uh, I think I'm retroactively enjoying this episode more. Well, that's good. It's good. Yeah. It's being retconned in your brain. Uh, yeah. And it works that way. So, you, you know, you don't fall in love at a single moment. With somebody, you fall in love in, for the entire history of uh, of the time you knew them, right? right. It, it goes it goes in both directions. It's it time love time travels, so <laughs> and apparently so does uh, enjoyment of television episodes. Yeah, it's clear. It's similar. It's almost the same thing. Yeah. All right. Next email here is from Mark in Washington, and Mark says, "My first impression was that Beta was in that hospital when the whole zombie outbreak started because he was diagnosed with some high-level mental health disorder. The writers brought attention to some of the rooms having padded walls so that patients couldn't hurt themselves. What if Beta was abandoned in this hospital when everything else hit the fan?" Couldn't it be true that he imagined the fact that he was part of another group that split and has instead been spending his days in the hospital? His friend with the shirt could have been another patient that befriended him. It's unlikely uh, that's that this is the actual backstory now that some of the other Easter eggs seem to be coming out, but I truly thought this might be the case on my first viewing. Oh. Yeah, and and I, I Mark, I don't think that there's any real reason to believe that that couldn't be the case uh right the whole thing about him appearing on the record cover on fear the walking dead is purely speculation and it's just people seeing connections there because that guy kind of looked like beta but but we've never seen beta's real face on the main show and and the rest of it was because of a cowboy hat so yeah it's you know, it's an interesting theory, but I don't think it has really any more weight than anything else that you could come up with, including something like this, where, you know, Beta was always in that hospital and 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 uh, he was discovered by Alpha, having never encountered too many other living people, maybe since the apocalypse began. Well, there's only one thing that kind of uh, goes against that theory, and that's that he said his camp was overrun. When he first met Alpha in the hallway, he said his camp was overrun and they ended up there. Yeah, so but that couldn't w- that have been like a You'd have to delusion? assume that was a lie. Yeah. You had, you'd have to assume that that was a lie or a delusion or something. But uh, that's the only evidence to me that would counter uh, this potential theory. Right. Yeah. But then I again, mean, the picture he had was also in a display case. Like, 
Did he go to the trouble of uh, taking the picture, scratching out the faces, because that's important, mm-hmm. and then putting it in a display case that he will later break with his knife? Yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. Why would the picture be in there? Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he was putting it in there to protect it because it was meaningful to him. I don't know. Yeah. yeah or, but why would he scratch out the faces then? Both him and his buddy. Like he yeah. scratched out both their faces. It wasn't just uh, the other guy's face that he scratched out or even his own. Like if he wanted to, he was wearing a mask. So his, obviously he wants to hide his face for whatever reason. So he scratched out his face, but why scratch out his buddy's face? Yeah. Right. No, there's, I, I, we don't really know. We can't figure that out yet, but it's all, it all plays into the idea that there could be a lot going on here that we don't really understand yet. You know, what would have been a little more apropos is if he had cut out his buddy's face to put on top of his own. Whoa. That would have been, (laughs) that's, that's, that's heavy right there. (laughs) They should have done that. That would have been fun. Yeah. I like that idea. Would have been easier to, um, I don't know, just it would have been easier to understand and figure out the mental state and the motivation of, of Beta there, maybe. But Yeah, it might have been a little too on the nose as well, so it, it's hard to judge. <laughs> that sounds like a pun somehow. <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, all right. On the, a, little too, a little too face present. A little too uh, on the face. Yeah, all right. So next we have an email from Beth in London. Did you want to say something about this? You have some notes here. Only that uh, it it was a Beth sent in a longer email um, with some discussion about the past and the present timelines, and I took an excerpt from it, which ended up being still pretty long. But I I do hope that it hasn't really altered or diminished her point too much. So uh, why don't you give it a read? Sure. So Beth writes, longtime listener, first time writer, full time complainer. I will jump straight in the deep end. She cra- she's crazy. Your parameters for sanity and how often you use that phrase are grinding my gears. I get that alpha this episode. I get alpha this episode and think you do too. My explanation. Francis has trauma about abandoning her baby at the behest of alpha. I'm not a professional, but in my humble opinion, she was the only one unable to keep herself together. The sun was different on her skin. The sound of her baby in her ears, the looking up and not blending into the mini hurt. The woman was past her breaking point. Trauma will do that to a person. Alpha doesn't kill her because she can can empathize, empathize with another mother who has lost her child to the same group. Empathy and relatability are something that neurotypical people have. Alpha isn't dangerous because she's unpredictable. Alpha is dangerous because she can galvanize a powerful force like Beta, then the whispers, and finally the herd. In less than five minutes, she was able to redirect Beta's uh, purpose, uh, sorry, purpose slash will to live, which previously had been invested in his undead friend. After she killed said friend, I can't think of another anti-hero, hero, or villain in this story, in the history of this show, that has shown such skill. She's a strong, uh, she's a strong manipulator. I also, I'm also not sure hypocrisy is what makes a leader sense. A leader sane or insane. Alpha mourning her child because one of her people is cracking up seems quite reasonable and predictable. She's not just mourning the loss of her child, but the loss of control. A person isn't crazy because they are unpredictable or difficult to understand. I'd love to hear what your definition of sanity or insanity is if you ever choose to update it. Okay, so thank you, Beth, for that. And and Beth really started her email, which I didn't include there, with questioning our uh, repeated use of the word crazy in reference to 
to uh, Alpha. And, you know, I think Beth has another take on it in that nothing that Alpha has really done comes across as crazy, um, especially when you think of the word crazy in more of a clinical diagnostic or diagnosis sense, right? Yeah, right. Um, and, and I totally get that. I think that is probably a bit of an oversight on our part. But what I would say is that um, while I can certainly understand Beth's point here in that a lot of what Alpha has done, she's been able to justify in her for in her email here because of Alpha's um you know, relationship with her daughter and, of course, the Francis's reaction about the, you know, leaving her baby and stuff like that. For example, being past her breaking point, trauma will do that to a person. Um, I'm far less inclined at this point to flat out call Alpha crazy or insane or any of those things. Um, although I do stand by unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you, I feel like you don't really know what you're going to get with her from moment to moment, uh, which was pretty obvious to me in that last episode. But overall, uh, I appreciate the fact that Beth called us out on that because crazy can mean a lot of different things. Um, it can certainly mean one thing in a more colloquial sense versus a more medical sense, right? Uh, yes. So, uh, first of all, uh, again, thanks, Beth, for uh, for writing in. And this is why I love our listeners so much, is that when we are shitheads, because I, th I honestly believe that in this situation, you and I were both shitheads. And yes, we were using crazy to uh, to denote, you know, uh, somebody who had, uh, uh, you know, me mental issues or in. You know, she. We were thinking that she had mental issues, but again, this word "crazy" is uh, is kind of a weird word in that uh, it no. It's being divorced from the clinical usage of it. Crazy is not a medical term in any way, sense, or or, or, or form. Yeah, uh, it's so it's starting to become. You know, it's getting into the. Uh, you know, it's being used by people in the same way that stupid is being used or shitty or even assholey or anything like that. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a derogatory term that is only loosely related to its original intended meaning. And I think maybe we were tending to use it that way, but I understand that it was insensitive and inaccurate. And, uh, and I'm glad that, um, that Beth wrote in to, to point that out. And, you know, obviously, uh, if she has, you know, if her character has some issues, then uh, she's still responsible for her actions. That's 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 my feeling on this whole thing. Even it doesn't matter to to me. My personal belief, whether it's right or wrong, is that uh, regardless of the reason for something, a person is still responsible for their actions. They can't. I don't think the uh, the reason. And that's is, this is the difference for me between a reason and an excuse. A reason is the cause for something. Excuse means that they're no longer at fault. And I don't believe in excuses. I believe in reasons. There's mm -hmm. reasons that things happen, but I don't think that people uh, are excused necessarily for their actions because of the reasons. So if she has some mental issues, she's still responsible for her actions. Her actions is that she kills people. Uh, she is a, a, a shitty mother, you know, to, uh, to Lydia. Yeah. Or was a shitty mother to Lydia. Uh, she carves up 
you know, dead bodies without uh, regard to, you know, any kind of decency, which, you know, our heroes have done as well. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, tans and then wears their faces. Like, that's, uh, it's hard to understand that. And this is, I guess, was where uh, Beth uh, really, her email really kind of spoke to me, was that uh, just because we don't understand her actions doesn't mean she's crazy. Right. 100%. Because, I agree with that totally. Yeah. I, I also think, though, that, um, as you said, people are still have to be responsible for, responsible for their actions I, I do think, though, in a in a medical sense, and certainly in a legal sense, not that laws apply in the zombie apocalypse really anymore, but there does come a point where someone can be deemed no longer responsible for their actions based on a mental condition. And yep. clearly, crazy is not the right word to use for that. And in real life, I, would, I, I never would, of course. So yeah. why So why would I, when it comes to the, uh, the discussion of a TV show, I guess because it's just, it seems a little um, less real, maybe, yeah. which it is. In, in Canada, the term is, I don't know if this is true for other places, but I just, I know in Canada, uh, the term is not criminally responsible. Yeah. And so that's it. Uh, for whatever reason, right? That there's no reason given for that term, but not criminally responsible means that they are, uh, you know, not held responsible in the eyes of the law. In the eyes of morality is a completely different thing. And, you know, the eyes of morality is where I'm coming from. Not sure. criminally responsible does not absolve them of moral responsibility. Sure, so, that's a good point. Yeah, so I, I think that's the, and it's a very specific term. Like, leave it up to leave it to lawyers and the government to come up with a term like not criminally responsible to very, very accurately describe exactly what they're trying to get across. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's that's how law works. You have to be accurate. And you have to have very descriptive terms like that. I guess. Yeah. So Anyways. I I think that she's criminally responsible for her actions in this regard. <laughs> yeah, I think you're personally. I think, I think you're probably right about that. But in any case, thank you, Beth, for writing in. Uh, it was a wonderful email, and it opened our eyes a little bit, I think. It did. Thank you very much for that. So next is Greg in Houston, Texas. And Greg writes, You were talking about how Alpha had Francis bring her baby along to the meeting with our survivors at Hilltop last season so she'd have an ace up her sleeve. That may have been part of it, but mostly she wanted a mother carrying a baby behind her as she made her demands so that Hilltop would take the Whisperers as less of a threat and leave their guard down. Also, they'd have less chance of getting shot up by a bunch of guns because what town is going to be in favor of gunning down a group of people if they're carrying a baby with them? It was more insurance against dying than just in case we have to toss a baby to the walkers to impress these people type of thing. What do you think about that? That kind of makes sense to me. Uh, my problem now is I'm trying to weigh which is worse. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, fair. <laughs> so that very well might be true. And, uh, you know, that may, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it might be worse. I don't know. And what Greg is saying is they were using the baby as a deterrent yeah. in a way or or – if not a deterrent, at least something that was going to give them the upper hand, which, to be fair, is not sacrificing the baby's life. Like, that's that still feels worse to me. It's human shields. It's uh, it's using another human to prevent uh, attack, 
right? It's you know people have done this in real life, yeah. and it's a shitty thing to do. Of course it is, but it's not a a literal human shield in this case. You know, oh, it not- is. It's I'm going to bring this baby so that nobody shoots at the at us. You know, it's it's like taking a, a group of people and plunking them down in the middle of a military installation so that nobody shoots us. Well, I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I, I, I just still can't help but think, like... Yeah, human shields, uh, human <laughs> sacrifices, uh, you know, abandoning babies on the ground. <laughs> it's all part of a, a rich tapestry of shit that should not happen. Oh, uh, totally. Of course it shouldn't happen. But but they they didn't like if if what Greg is saying is true they didn't walk up to the gates of Hilltop with the intention oh, of yeah. killing or sacrificing the baby. There, the possibility was there. Does that make it better? Probably not. Uh, but their intention was just like if we hold this baby here, maybe they won't immediately gun us down. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe they yeah. will. We don't really know. <laughs> The nature of intent is very interesting. I just read a a, a very interesting thought experiment on intent. I'm not going to get into it, but uh, uh, look it up. Okay. <laughs> do do a Google search on uh, the nature of intent thought experiment, and it's uh, it's rather interesting. Sure. I spent but, some reading recently on um, a whole variety of um, cognitive biases or biases. Oh yeah? Those are fascinating. Oh, too. send just, me some links. I'd like to read that. I'd like to read that. What you yeah, read. that's that's good stuff. It's not quite the same as what you're talking about. And it, I'm not saying it really applies to this situation, but if you're interested in the way the human brain works, I cognitive am. bias, and, and there's millions of them, by the way, are they, they are fascinating. So Yeah. And I, I, you know, while we're talking about brains, I read a book uh, called Kluge about the, uh, the nature of our brains, how we have uh, an extremely good reasoning system uh, built on top of a really crappy memory system. Oh yeah, that's true. So, and we use our reasoning system to to compensate for it. Like we'll put things in our shoes so that we don't forget them the next morning. Yeah, I do that all the time. If I go <laughs> yeah. to someone's house and I don't want to leave my keys in my pocket because they're uncomfortable, I put them in my shoes because I'm not yeah. leaving without my shoes. Yeah, that's because our memories are so crappy. Our memories are basically built to go water that way, food that way, poop over here. And that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, stupid, crappy brain. <laughs> yeah. In one way. Amazing brain in lots of other ways. Exactly. Yeah, really good reasoning system. We're very good at that reasoning thing. Yeah. All right. Next, we have an email from Matthew on the internet. This is related, Every, I think, it, to uh, to what we've been talking about a little bit. It, it is. Not, not the brain. Right. Uh, Matthew writes, uh, everyone keeps saying that Alpha made Francis put down her baby. I didn't get that. If you watch the scene, Alpha looks at her and just shrugs. I took that as Alpha leaving it up to Francis. Basically, she's letting her make the choice. Stay with the pack or run uh, with your young child. So you are right that she made her abandon her baby, but put the decision on Francis, which makes it worse. That is so. That is what is so diabolical and more disturbing than thinking Alpha just made her put the baby down. What do you think? Well, I do think it's terrible. And the more we talk and think about all of this stuff, I the less I find I have the ability to decide what is worse and what is better <laughs> because it all seems so horrible. It, it kind of does point to this cult of personality thing though, right? Like just a simple look and a shrug from this uh, Alpha, you know, godlike leader will uh, get you to do things and make your own decisions about doing things that are completely opposite to what uh, a human 
would normally decide. Yeah. You know, leave your baby, put it on the ground and walk away while there's danger nearby. That is not a normal thing for a human to do. No. Regardless, like, even if it's your decision to do that, it's still bad. But the uh, the fact that Alpha has that kind of command and uh, command over her, her the, the whisperers, uh, is uh, truly awe-inspiring and, uh, you know, makes you want to suck your thumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not the kind of thing that someone would just come to in the moment. Like, for Francis to know to do that, you have to believe that even if Alpha hasn't straight up come out and said it, uh, in the past or demonstrated it, just the society and the relationship she's created amongst her and all of her followers is such that a nod and a shrug is enough for Francis to be like, okay, she wants me to put down the baby because that's what we're doing here. Yeah. That's scary. Like that is, that is really, really scary when you think about how much of an influence and uh, negative control she has over these people. It does. And the fact that we're talking about this in such terms, like uh, the fact that I'm talking about this in such terms that Alpha has this amount of power and it's kind of awe-inspiring and uh, scary all at the same time, is truly the uh, the from the quality of this episode that we just watched. It's, uh, like I said, it's retroactively making me enjoy it more. I did not enjoy that initially when Alpha... Uh, you know, nodded and shrugged and uh, Francis put the baby down. I could not believe that a human being would act in such a way. Right. This episode shows me that Alpha has cultivated that power over her, over the whispers and that uh, Francis would actually do that based on a nod and a shrug. Yeah. This, and so that, you know, this episode... Not only am I retroactively enjoying this episode more, but even last season, stuff that I didn't understand is starting to make sense now. Yeah, but is it somewhat contradictory, though, in a way? Because we learned in this episode that Alpha regrets um, some things, it sounds like, and she's she was deeply affected by the loss of her own child, yet... She's able to influence the people around her enough to do things like this. So which is it, Alpha? Like, which, again, which Alpha are we going to get? The one that can make a person put down their own baby and walk away? Um, or or the Alpha that is um, that is having trouble dealing with the fact that she had to go through something like that with her own child? It seems yeah. to be, um, it, it's, there seems to be a, a little bit of a disconnect there. I think now that I think about it, but I mean, this is, this is alpha. This is, um, this is the way she seems to operate. Well, that's all. That's true. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Whose turn is it to read? It's your turn. I think. Okay. Next up, we have an email from Michael in London. Michael says this episode paints an interesting picture of what's coming between alpha and Carol. Although Carol has lost children, she has learned to cope. And it's hardened her and made her more in control, whereas Alpha has lost a child and she still shows she cannot come to terms with it. Do you think this will be explained more? And will we actually see Carol recognizing that Alpha could be a more tragic, parallel version of herself, in the sense that if she never had the support of Rick, Daryl, Maggie, Glenn, etc., she could have become as emotionally unhinged as Alpha clearly is? 
Um, so good question. Uh, Alpha and Carol had, I mean, I'm not going to say similar experiences, but yes, they have both lost children and uh, Carol has sort of gone one way and Alpha has gone the other way. Um, but that being said, Carol has also killed some children. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and he burned a whole bunch of people alive too, right? Like yeah. Carol's not innocent in this in any way, shape or form. Uh, but we still consider Carol a good guy. Right? We do. Yes, we do. Uh, why is that? Because she's regular on the show and she's done things that are awesome. And she married someone that we like. Yeah. For, and she, for a while. For a while. And she tends to inflict herself on people that we don't like. Right? So she comes across as a hero against a villain. Whereas Alpha comes across as a villain against our heroes. Yeah. Well, I think I think mentally I've decided to like Beta. Okay. I I think Beta's a good guy. I think he's probably a little misunderstood and tends to be uh, you know, follow a, a a strong leader even though he's not really following her. He's just kind of uh uh like cuz he's concerned that she's not doing things that she should be doing, right? And he's pushing her. He's saying no to power which yeah. someone who's just a follower would not do. They would just be a yes man and go along with whatever Alpha was doing, like the rest of the damn whispers. But Beta is not doing that. He is uh, he's saying no to power. He's standing up to for what he believes in, for, for what they've agreed on as a set of rules. So, uh, and, you know, Beta probably kills a lot of people. For, I'm sure he does. You know, and, and is not really sad about it. So uh, I've decided I think Beta's a good guy. Maybe Beta is the secret, like, behind-the-scenes guy that is controlling all of this, right? The fact that yeah, he maybe. can stand up to Alpha a little bit, maybe he's the one who's the mas master manipulator, and he's got Alpha and everyone thinking she's in control, but really he's pulling the strings from backstage. Yeah. And also mostly it's because I miss Opie from uh, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> right. Okay. I only know that show has been over for a long time. Yeah. I, I, that character was awesome. And the actor was, is awesome too. I've seen him in other things where he plays this kind of a, a, like when he shaves his beard, he's got a very young face and he kind of plays this dopey guy, uh, you know, just kind of this lovable dopey guy. And then he, you know, grows his beard and puts on somebody else's face and he becomes beta. This, uh, this guy, just do not want to fuck with. And no. Opie was like that too. He was he was lovable and uh and and you know very charismatic, but he was also this guy that you did not fuck with. Well, I only ever saw a single episode of Sons of Anarchy, the first episode of the first season. All oh, right. I forget, did we watch that for an actor spotlight? I don't remember why I watched it. I've seen it a couple of times. Uh well, it probably has. Like why why else would you watch? I don't know who the hell was in it that we would watch it for a spotlight. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of maybe Cudlets was Cudlets on the show. No, I don't know. Anyways, I I can't remember why I watched it or why I didn't continue to watch it. That's why I thought maybe it was a spotlight. It was just a one off for me. I don't know. It's kind of hard to get through the first season. Like it, once uh, once things become a little more, uh, you're used to it a little bit more. Then you, you you start to to like the characters, but uh, it some of it's it's not that great. But other parts are really good. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll maybe I'll go back to it someday. What's his name? Hunnam. 
John Hunnam, the the main character, what's his name? Do you Charlie, know Charlie name? Hunnam. Charlie, yeah. Anything that he's, he when he's on screen, it's not that great. When he's not on screen, everything else is fantastic. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> or when you have other people on screen, uh, you know, helping him out. Got it. <laughs> okay. So next we have an email, an email from Kyle in Indiana. After thinking about what, uh, what importance the satellite could have on our com- communities, it hit me. What if Eugene takes the technology from the satellite that allows it to communicate with us on Earth and use it to try and communicate with other new communities? This would make sense for his character because the whole reason our group ran into the Whispers last season was because he was trying to expand the area in which they could use their radios. Yeah, and I wanted to include this because, you know, in this episode, we saw the satellite break through the atmosphere again. uh, So I felt like it was relevant, but... um, Eugene's already using the radios to try to communicate and the, and the communities communicate and he's probably trying to reach out to other people as well. So maybe like the satellite radios, if whatever they are that are in there, maybe he can salvage those and expand his range or something. And that's what's going to uh, allow him to connect with people farther away or new people or somehow factor into the show to get him in touch with, you know, greater, farther communities. He's going to talk to other satellites. So this is very big, a big aha moment for me. Thank you, Kyle. He's just going to take this, you know, the communication equipment because he's the communication guy now, right? He works with the radios. He put the stuff up the tower. He's the cause of all the problems with the whispers. Uh, So he's the communication guy. And what do you do with a communication satellite, but get communication equipment to communicate with satellites? Right. So, so we'll have a whole satellite communication network orbiting the Earth. That'll be great. Yeah. They'll get GPS back online. They'll know where they are all the time. And they won't have oh. any uh, problems with range, unlike uh, Fear the Walking Dead, that, uh, you know, their radios only worked in a very, very short range. Uh, communicate <laughs> with each other. Barely until worked they, at all. Until they need to work over long range, and then they just yeah. do. So this show <laughs> is actually going to explain it by saying, wow, we got satellite Satellites yeah. now. We can communicate with anybody. Or maybe, just maybe, he's trying to watch uh, ESPN or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's trying to watch <laughs> he's trying to watch TV. He's going to get satellite GPS and TV communications back online. <laughs> that's what I would do if, uh, you know, it was the end of the world and the zombie apocalypse happened and a satellite uh, landed within a few feet of uh, my house, just fine and dandy. I would break into that satellite and try and get Netflix back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know Netflix came on satellites, so if I just turn this thing on, I bet yes. you all get Netflix. <laughs> I, I assume that at least some of their content, maybe just the TV, is stored on the satellites. Oh, it it's must like, be. It has to be. <laughs> it's like Zoolander, Fine. the files. Oh, the files are in the computer. Right. You break the computer. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shows how much we know about satellites. That's right. All right. Thank you, Kyle, for that. Next is Rich from a rainy northwest corner of England, UK. Rich says, given the mentions of whisperers and nuclear weapons, has anyone realized that alpha, beta, and gamma are all types of nuclear radiation? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, I, guess, I guess they are, right? But they're also they are. the uh, Greek alphabet. <laughs> they are. Gamma radiation is what made the Hulk. I'm not entirely sure that gamma radiation is real. Oh, really? Well, it is what made the Hulk, so... Uh, gamma radiation. Maybe Gamma is going to turn into the Hulk. That would be something. Or a Hulk-like creature. All right, I'm looking it up. Gamma radiation. 
Listen to me search stuff on the internet. Okay, gamma radiation is real. It didn't just make the Hulk. But don't try that yourself because you're not going to become the Hulk or even uh, Captain America because it's the same shit. Or right. that big brain guy that uh, never showed up after he got some of the Hulk's blood in his nose or something in the in the Incredible Hulk. Uh, or uh, what was the bad guy in... Uh, How many superheroes can you name that are involved with gamma radiation? Apparently two. And then I've got some ideas on some uh, some other ones. Oh, good. You've got some ideas. Go call up Marvel and try to sell them on them. No, no. I mean, they're actual, like the guy Tim Roth played in The Incredible Hulk. Um, oh. The Abomination. That was it. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Uh, so, yeah, they are, uh, maybe they do have a nuclear weapon since they're all named after radiation. <laughs> yeah. Why else would they do that? Can't think of a reason. <laughs> well, there, is there Epsilon? Because Epsilon is next, right? Uh, Alpha, beta, I gamma, suppose. delta. No, delta, then epsilon. So yeah. delta radiation, I don't think they have delta radiation. They have delta V, which is a change in velocity. Yeah, but not radiation. So if they but, if they end up naming anyone else, I mean, they have to keep following that alphabet, right? Otherwise, it would be silly. Yeah, they'd have to go delta, epsilon. Uh, after that, I get into military stuff, foxtrot. Uh, then it comes, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't Good think stuff. foxtrot is a Greek letter. No, I, I don't wrong. think so. Don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next, we have an email from Ashton in H-Town. Gamma is going to betray Alpha when she realizes that Lydia is alive, along with her sister's baby. So short and sweet from Ashton there, but I think, I don't know if I think that's going to happen. If, if it does, I don't think it's going to be in such a straightforward way. Like, um, excuse me, Alpha, you... Uh, you lied about Lydia being alive and my sister's baby is still alive. So that's enough for me to um, betray you. That just seems a little too predictable. Um, but I'm not saying that Gamma couldn't betray Alpha in some other way. Uh, but I also think that uh, Gamma defecting over to our side sort of has already happened with Lydia. So I don't think it's going to play out like that. Uh, so what I'm saying is I really don't know how it's going to play out or if it is at all, but interesting thing to think about. Now, Gamma's fully indoctrinated into the society of uh, uh, of the Whisperers. She now has a name. She's the third person to have a name mm-hmm. other than the two founding members. So, uh, yeah, she's all the way in. I don't think that she's going to betray anything. She might get confused a little bit, but I don't think she's going to betray anybody. Yeah, I, I would. I think I would tend to agree with that. I I do hope that she wasn't just introduced to be like a red shirt. I I I don't want her to just be no. killed off. And no, and not I, with a I, name. Yeah, not with a name and a and a named actor too, right? Thora Birch. It's not just some no name. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I would be a little disappointed if Gamma was immediately kind of killed off. Let's let's do something fun and interesting with her before that happens, and you know push that down the road a little bit. I think, uh, I think Gamma's going to be our deus ex machina. I think she's going to be our uh, tiger that climbs the wall that comes out of fucking nowhere oh, yeah. and, uh, and upsets a, uh, a situation that is untenable by, for our heroes. I think that yeah. uh, she's going to kill Beta. I don't think she's going to betray Alpha because Carol's obviously going to whip the shit out of Alpha, uh, out of Alpha uh, with no problem barely breaking a sweat. But Beta's got to be dealt with, right? And I think Gamma's going to deal with Beta. 
That could be a thing. Yeah, you could be onto something there. That would be uh, certainly more unexpected than a straight up betrayal betrayal of Alpha. So yeah, we've already had a fight between Daryl and Beta, and we know that Beta would win because he already won. It's the same thing between uh, Batman and Bane. Batman cannot fight Bane in a straight hand to hand combat, or you know, in a, a straight melee fight. He cannot win against Bane. It cannot be done. He has to outthink him. So uh, I think in the same vein. Daryl cannot win against Beta. It cannot be done. Beta's just, uh, you know, Daryl's friggin' awesome, but Beta's Beta, and uh, there's no way for him to win. So the only way to defeat Beta is by uh, the next letter in the Greek alphabet, Gamma. Gamma Delta. Gamma beats Beta. Right. But you know what? The only reason Daryl... came out of that fight with Beta alive is because he did outthink him a little bit, right? He tricked him and pushed him down an elevator shaft. And then he thought he was dead. Had Beta died there, you could have said, well, yeah, he can't beat him in a straight hand-to-hand fight because he's just smaller and not as strong and whatever. But he fooled him and pushed him down the elevator shaft. But you're right, they can't do it again because you can only fool a guy so many times. Yeah, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Yeah, I won't be fooled that's, again. That's the way it goes, right? Of course. Same with the, if you love something, let it free. If it comes back, fine. If it doesn't, you hunt it down. So the end of all these uh, these cliches are, you know, hunt hunt it down. Yeah. People aren't hunting things down nearly enough in real life. Uh, yeah, probably not. I mean, that's a good thing. But, you know, these are all cliches and they're metaphorical. But, uh, you know, really, you just got to hunt it down. Right. If at first you don't succeed, hunt it down and kill it. That's right. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. One more email here uh, from Andrew in Maryland. And this is sort of a follow-up from last week on, uh, you know, some real-world information on whether or not Eugene would be able to get to Oceanside so fast. Andrew right. writes, I did a little bit of homework on the location of Oceanside for you guys. The closest location in Virginia with access to the ocean is Norfolk, Virginia, one of the largest military ports on the east coast of the United States, 212 miles from Alexandria, which is a th- which is three days on foot and about 24 hours nonstop on horseback. So if we take that information for what it is, there's no way in hell Eugene was getting there fast enough to uh, be on the radio one minute and then fighting the fire the next minute. Uh, right, so but I think we just, I think we just have to go with the fact that eh, maybe, Ver- maybe Alexandria isn't quite as accurately located as we think and, or neither is Oceanside. And he was able to do it. Uh, that can't be right. 212 miles is only 300 and some odd kilometers. Yeah. Uh, 341 kilometers. That's three and a half hour drive. Well, I guess 24 hours on foot, but it's a three hour drive. So uh, a horseback. What's the what's the speed of a swallow carrying a uh, a coconut? Uh, <laughs> you mean how the African fast or the European horse. swallow? <laughs> how fast horse? Well, there we go. Eighty-eight kilometers per hour. That's fucking fast. Okay, so that's not how fast they walk. All right, twenty-five to thirty miles per hour. So twenty-five miles an hour, uh, two hundred uh, two hundred miles. That's eight hours by horse. Okay, still pretty friggin' far. Yeah, but but the horse can't walk straight through for eight hours. It has to stop and rest and eat and stuff like that. So make it, make it at least 12 to 16 hours. Yeah, I would say so. 
right? Unless you want so, to kill the horse, then you can just make it gallop until it dies, and then you get another horse and you make it gallop until it dies. I, I guess, <laughs> but that doesn't well, seem they've very done fair that. to the People have No, it's not very fair to the horse, but it, it it's happened, yeah, right, okay. where you need to get a message. You get fresh horses along the way, but if you don't have the ability to get a fresh horse, uh, you know, you, you really have to kill the horse. Like, just like in, uh, I'm going to spoil... Uh, that movie called True Grit. You see that movie? I have not. You have not seen True Grit? No, I haven't seen lots of movies. You know that about me. I know, but it's not it's not like Braveheart or Fargo. It's True Grit. You should watch True Grit. Okay. It's a really good movie. I recognize the name, but I don't even really, it's not even really on my radar. I don't even know what it is. Well, put it on your radar. It's a movie. It's awesome. It was a remake from a John Wayne movie, but watch the remake. I've never seen the John Wayne movie. I've only seen the remake. The remake is awesome, and you should watch it. Okay, I will. But they kill a horse I'm, in it? Well, sorry, but yes. <laughs> it's, it's right near the end. It's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> All right, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you uh, my copy of it. Okay, fair. I'll borrow it from you. Watch True Grit, and uh, hopefully, not be too traumatized by the horse murder at the end. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> won't okay. be. It's not the, it's not the, it's not the big deal of the end. Got it. It's just okay. part of what's happening. Fair. All right. Well, bottom line is, um, clearly what we can learn from all of this is that Eugene has invented a teleportation device in his spare time and doesn't need horses at all to get where he's going. He simply steps into a booth on one in Alexandria and walks out a booth in Oceanside and there he is. It wasn't just him though, right? There was other people with him. Well, it's not a one-person teleporting machine. It's it's a it's like a bus more than anything. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a teleportation bus. Correct. That, He's invented that, the teleportation bus. Okay, that's fine. As long as it's not a suicide bus, everything's fine. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm thinking Futurama, the Futurama, this suicide booth that he goes in, thinks, thinking it's a phone booth. Yeah, and and that that was the pilot of Futurama. I thought that was, was. super funny and. <laughs> I've only seen like a handful of episodes of Futurama and I've always meant to go back and watch them all because apparently it's friggin' amazing. Yeah, I, I've, I'm in the same boat as you, only seen a few. I was excited about it when it was new because it was Matt Groening's new show, right? And I was watching The Simpsons for so long, but uh, yeah. and then I, I kind of fell off of it and I've seen it. And then the end of the 90s happened and uh, right. you got married, right? I and did. And other shit happened, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, some things just, uh, fall to the wayside. And I guess one of those things was Futurama for us. I guess so. But what I have seen of it, I've generally enjoyed. So yeah, have to check. But True Grid only came out a handful of years ago and there's no excuse. All right. Fair. Um, I'll, I'll see what I can do about rectifying my lack of True Grit viewing. Okay. All right. Thank you everyone for writing in. That was fun. I think that was uh, a great bunch of feedback there that we had for this episode so thank you again to everybody um all right jason quick look up what next week's episode of the walking dead is called um because oh i found it it's called ghosts oh. sorry ghosts okay didn't no, to good get time for title. halloween yeah good time for halloween exactly uh so title reads if you'd like to do a title read for that that would be fantastic and, uh, you know, I should be at home next week when I'm recording back in the usual studio and, and able to do all the normal audio playing. So uh, send in some tell reads for that. 
and we'll get them on there if I can. Uh, otherwise, if you'd like to get in touch, you can, of course, do that anytime by visiting our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com and clicking on send voicemail at the top. You can also just send email to talkingdeadpodcast at uh, gmail.com. Of course, there's also our Facebook page, which is accessible at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. If you would like to support the show, that would be something that would make us very, very happy. You can do that in two ways, one of which is going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thetalkingdead and signing up to become a patron, which is super easy. And it means that you are basically making a very small monthly subscription, more or less, to the show. It can be as little as a buck or as big as as much as you want for your, all you high rollers out there. So yeah. that is that is one great way to do it. Um, you can also, if you don't want to, if that's not your thing, you can also simply make a one-time donation through PayPal, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal to do that. And all the cash we, you know, accumulate goes into the costs with putting on the show, like the mobile recording studio that I'm using right now and the, the hosting and other equipment and things like that. So uh, we really, really do appreciate everyone who's willing to do that. Um, but of course, there's no obligation to, and we love all of you equally. Right, Jason? We absolutely do. We do. We don't have a favorite. No, no, we don't have a favorite child or listener. <laughs> I have a favorite child. <laughs> you only have one, so it works out for you. Exactly. Uh, anyways, those are the ways you can can help support the show, and uh, we thank everyone who does so much. Um, all right. I think I've already gone through everything else, so we will be back next week when we record about the next episode of The Walking Dead called Ghosts. And until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, slight clarification or uh, correction. So the 25 miles an hour is the gallop speed of a horse. So oh, that's whoa. as fast as it can run. There's no way it can get that that distance in uh, at that speed. Its uh, walking speed is four miles an hour, which is about the same as a human. And its jog or trot is 13 miles or 13 kilometers an hour, about eight miles an hour. So if you trot the horse for 24 hours... That could get you 200 miles, maybe. All right. So anyway. we shouldn't have questioned Andrew's math. No, he we pretty shouldn't much, have. pretty much hit it. He knew what was going on there, and our quick, my quick search on the internet, as always, the internet is, you know, inaccurate at best. <laughs> yeah, at out, best. Out and out lying at worst. Of course. Holy moly, a grizzly bear can run at 56 kilometers an hour. Well, you're not getting away from a grizzly bear if it wants to catch up to you then. Well, even a brown bear at 35, but Jesus, grizzly bears are big and you just simply don't have a chance. They can, they have the, the jaw strength to crush a bowling ball. That takes a lot of jaw strength. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, I'd like to chew on your head for a while because it's delicious. Uh, it's like biting into a chicken nugget for a friggin' grizzly bear. Yeah. That's horrifying. Um, I bet you, well, do you think a human head has, is like softer than a bowling ball? It might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's not even. Mine as... is. The Walking Dead, they're as soft as Nerf bowling balls. Do they have Nerf bowling balls? They should. That'd be fun. Nerf bowling. Yeah. Yeah.
Oh, there you a go. Mongolian wild ass can run at 64 kilometers an hour. <laughs> the Mongolian wild ass? That's right. <laughs> That's not a sex move, is it? <laughs> no, it's an actual animal, it looks like. Oh, interesting. Equus uh, hemionus. <laughs> Crazy town. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, speed, speedofanimals.com. <laughs> God, there's a website for everything out there. There is. This, I'm finding this one useful. I'm, I'm going to bookmark it. That's amazing. 